My God, would you look at that? Do you know what time it is? Is it time to get ill? Could be time to get ill, but it's also been a whole week since we last talked. Does it feel like it's been a week? It's been a long week. It seems like a lot has happened in the last week. It's been a very long week. Yes, it has. Mm, yes. Well, for the public at large listening right now, it has been two weeks, so it seems like it's been an even longer time because this episode is going out to everybody, not just the Patreon supporters, because if this is your first time joining us, every other episode goes to Patreon and the other even-numbered episodes go out to you, our loving, generous public who may at some point want to come and join us on Patreon. We don't know. It would be nice. We'd love to have you. Yeah, it would be. So if you wanted to go to patreon.com backslash Dirty Talk Podcast, you can see what we talk about on the odd weeks. It's pretty epic. I'm just saying. It is. Well, we learned a lot about you last week. (laughs) If you want to know what grosses rain out, go listen to last (laughs) week's episode available on Patreon. I actually, right after that episode came out, uh, a Patreon supporter reached out to me and they too took the test and they had the exact same percentage as me. Interesting. Yeah, 60-40 split. You guys are political soulmates. Uh, evidently so, yes. Evidently so, evidently so. Well, this week I am starting off with something slightly different. Which would be? The wonderful, fun, and wacky world of U.S. patents, of course. <sighs> That was not the answer I was expecting. And yes, indeed, that is slightly different. What do you have for me in terms of U.S. patents? I am ready to be dazzled. Specifically, I have U.S. patent number 402227A. Dazzling. This was granted back in May of 1977. Okay. So about 45 years ago, this patent... Uh came into existence. Now, I'm going to give you a brief description of what is patented under this patent. Ready for it? I am ready. It is a certain method. It states, the method here disclosed uses the remaining hair around the bald area of a person's head. The hair in this area must be extra long to cover the bald area Generally, the hair should be about three to four inches long. Now, can you guess so far what this is? It's a very specific comb-over method. It is a comb-over. Yes. Aha, aha, I knew it. Is The comb-over, for those of you who did not know, was patented back in 1977 by a father and son team. Uh, how do you patent a way for someone's combing their hair? What were they going to do? Sue people who violated the patent? I don't know, but they were granted a patent in the U.S. for this method of of combing over your hair to disguise your baldness. And as we all know, this method works extremely well. It fools even the keenest eyed observers. How do you how do you claim exclusive rights on how someone brushes their hair? That's ridiculous. I, I don't know. They did. It says the hair to be used as a covering is brushed over the bald area in alternating folds. So they have three different areas. There's there's actually a visual to go along with this patent as to this specific comb over that was patented. Separate the hair. So you have to grow all the hair on the sides of your head out long. The back hair is then combed over first. And then you comb over one side and then the other side and kind of like interweave the hair. And they, they state that the topmost 
portion of the hair can be then styled to the person's taste. And then, of course, you have to hold it all, all these folds in place with copious amounts of hairspray. Oh, wow. For the image for this episode, I will post the patented design of this oh. comb over that was granted to them in 1977. Now, you may be wondering. I'm full of wondering. I've got all sorts of wonder. Am I violating any sort of U.S. patent law if I myself am sporting a comb over? I don't know how many of our listeners might have comb overs, but fear not, you are not in danger of being sued for your comb over because this patent expired in 1994. How do you patent a way of combing your hair? That's ridiculous. You can I can't it. believe that they were ever granted a patent in the first place. I There are other hairstyles that have been patented in the past as well. I believe the beehive was a patented hairstyle. So every time someone did a beehive, what, they were supposed to pay something for the rights to do it? Or I don't know. How do you enforce a patent on hairdos? Like, then you need the hair police mm-hmm. to, you, you there. Is that beehive? <laughs> is that beehive on board, or is that an illegal beehive yes. we're looking at right now? You're violating a patent. Mm-hmm. You're getting a a ticket right now, young lady. Ma'am, we're here with the hair police. Yeah, we have a couple questions about this illegal right. hairdo. It's a very suspicious beehive you're sporting. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. how this works is if you are using a patented hairstyle in any sort of public performance setting then you might have to pay whoever holds the patent. Like I said, thankfully, the patent on the comb over has expired. So everyone is free to comb their hair over their bald spot as much as they like without fear of litigation. However, prior to this, there could be some sort of lawsuit had somebody combed their hair in this way in a film and they saw this and be like, hey, that's our comb over. You can't comb your hair in that way. You owe us money. And then they could sue them and take them to court. Right. Just like with Happy Birthday. Happy Birthday. Right. Happy Birthday was copyrighted for a long time. But you and I can get together and we can sing Happy Birthday to each other all we want. But we're not going to do it right here because I believe it's still copyrighted. And if we do it in any form that is then broadcast, then we have Mm. to pay the rights to use the song. So if you use it in a movie or a TV show, you have to pay for it. That is one of the reasons why if you go to a restaurant and they come out and they sing happy birthday to people, generally they don't sing the traditional happy birthday because then they could get sued. That's why we all know the Chevy's happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. We wish it was Mm. our birthday so we could party too. Mm. Right. Right. So I believe that's how you could probably patent a hairstyle is if it was in a show or a movie, then you could be like, hey, I came up with that hairstyle. You owe me some cash. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I just, that just tickled me to no end to learn that the comb over was patented in 1977. And now you all know, and you can go forth and share that knowledge with the rest of society. And you're also free to comb your hair any wish darn way you want. Yep. And because the patent's expired, there's nothing that can be, can be done. Off the hook. You can do anything okay. you want with that hairstyle. Basket weaving. Go forth and fool the masses <laughs> with your ingeniously woven together hair. People are always trying to change something about themselves. There's usually 
something about themselves that people do not like. This is true. Multiple things, even. I was reading recently about a doctor in Turkey that specializes in changing people's voices. Okay, so this would have to be for people that are transitioning, right? He does help people that are transitioning, but a lot of his clientele are also executives that feel like they need a deeper, more authoritative voice as well. Certain people Mm. that aren't happy with their voice. He does do it for people transitioning. So uh, female to male transitioning, he can lower their voice or male to female, he can tighten the vocal folds and create a higher pitched voice. The interesting thing that I found about this operation is that it's done while the individual is awake. He uses a local anesthetic so that they can't feel anything in their throat. So while they're awake on the operating table, he makes an incision in their throat and starts messing with the vocal folds. So he can cut them in a certain way so it slackens them to get a deeper sound. And while the person is there on the operating table, he messes with their vocal folds until they get a desired tone to their voice. So he's talking to the person as oh, he's, he's operating them. To- oh, yes. talk back to... That would actually make sense because otherwise, how would you know until afterwards yeah. what the tone was? Okay. Yeah, you don't want to come to and be like, doctor, my voice is too low. So he'll make small little incremental changes and talk to the person and be like, okay, talk now. How's that? And they're like, okay, yeah, that's a little bit better. I like that. Now I sound kind of like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So that's just amazing to me that he has them on the operating table, just throat slit open. And he's like, how is it now? Oh, it's great. I do have some examples of these people's voices changing, and I'm going to insert one through the magic of editing here. I'm from the United States. My voice is very high. Um, On the phone, they always call me ma'am or madam because they think I'm a woman. Um, So my voice is very high. That's okay. And with this voice, I'm saying goodbye to this voice. Uh, This is after surgery. Um, I'm very pleased with my new tone. And um, so, as you can hear, it is incredibly dramatic the difference that is made just from cutting open this man's larynx and fiddling with his vocal folds. And now he's got a deep, baritone, rich voice. He does. Yeah. So a lot of the people that are requesting that, not just trans people, are these people that want to sound more authoritative or, I guess, don't want to sound like a lady on the phone. Freddie Mercury refused to get his teeth fixed because he was concerned that it would affect his voice. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Thankfully, the uh, scar from the surgery fades fairly fast within about uh, six to 12 months. And it is completely gone. But I'm curious if in the future there's going to be more people trying to get this to sound like James Earl Jones or sound like Morgan Freeman so that they can start doing their incredible career in voiceover. Thankfully, I can get a nice, rich, deep voice. And I don't have to go and get the surgery for this. You can. Lucky you. A voice counts for a lot. I remember uh, 
watching an interview with Morgan Freeman, and he said, I, I'm not the most intelligent guy. I was just born with a really good voice. Mm -hmm. People like the voice and like, hey, it pays my bills. It's captivating. It's captivating. Yeah. He's, now you can go in and have the surgery and tinker with it. You're like, I too want a voice that will make me some bank. Yeah. I want some deep, deep Morgan Freeman voice. I mean, he does, I think, say you can yawn a lot because if you stretch out your vocal folds if you, by yawning, so one of the techniques people use to lower the voice. If you're listening and you want to try lowering your voice. Uh, are you yawning? I just saw you yawn. Are you trying to lower I, your voice? I just want to see what would happen if I yawned. <laughs> it's going to be instantaneous. My, my voice doesn't sound, I don't think, any different before or after the yawn. I was curious for science. It takes a while. If you yawn constantly all the time, in a couple of years, your voice will sound older <laughs> and deeper. Okay. Well, I don't think I'm going for that, so perhaps I will skip on the yawn. Stop yawning. If you want to keep okay. your light, high voice, stop I don't, Stop all that yawning. I don't have a light, high voice to begin with. Yes. So there you have it. Like I said, the, the most interesting thing I found about all that information is that he's just talking to the person while operating on their voice and being like, is this a good pitch? Is this a good pitch? It's just, uh, it's amazing to me. And then one last thing I wanted to share, just a little follow-up, as I shared it a number of weeks ago. I have that Black Widow in my garage, and she has a little spider sack now. So soon- She's making baby Black Widows. Yeah, soon I'll have all these little baby Black Widows running around in the garage. Are you still afraid of the Black Widows? I thought I thought we settled this. I mean, I, so they're not going to attack me, but I wouldn't want a whole bunch of baby Black Widows. They're not going to attack me either. Uh, mm -hmm. You're still concerned. I am. I'm concerned. Just let them be. Let them just do their spider I, thing. Hey, am I messing with your Black Widow colony that you're keeping in your garage? <laughs> Cultivating no, my colony of Black no, Widows? No, no. I, I'm, uh, the, I'm concerned from a far distance away. Okay. I, I would not try and squash them or anything. I could always mm -hmm. put some in a jar and bring them to your house. No, th no, that's good. No, thank you. Sure? I got the that's sack. No, There's no, a sack no, in my garage full of little baby blacks. Sack. I don't want the sack full of baby black. No, thanks. You can keep that all to yourself. Okay. Uh, uh, ooh, okay. All right. I, I'm trying to move past the uh, sack of baby black widows. Just one more thing that grosses you out. Yes. This is why, <laughs> this is why I'm not fully a Democrat. Because mm -hmm. there are things like maggots and baby black widows that... Uh, I find a little disturbing. As long as we are talking about uh, disturbing insects, mm -hmm. uh, I've got some exploding dick for you. <laughs> Hopefully it's not my dick. No, it's, it's insects. like that one time you tried to strap a firecracker to my dick. So our listeners know I have never once no, tried no to once. stab. I never once never have once. I put, never once. put a firecracker. And if she did, it would have been completely consensual. Y yes. I asked yeah. her to do it. Correct. And that one There's time that it never happened. There's been no firecrackers near your dick that I have anything to do with. I was embellishing it was a sparkler. That's quite an embellishment. Okay. All right. I'm they're gently waving a sparkler <laughs> in the nearest direction of someone's groin region is very different than strapping a firecracker to their cock. I'm sure there's somebody out there with a fetish. Sure. And we're not here to fetish shame. Not at all. Uh, Sometimes you just want to bring some pizzazz to the moment. And if you have some sparklers, then um, wave around the dick. Anyways, well, exploding uh, dick. It, it's, here's, 
I was just talking to my neighbor about my cherry tree being stolen and raided from, and she informed me that the uh, she wanted to know if I was having conflict with anyone, and I said no, uh, not that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, that person who tried to park behind the back of your house and you had words with him, and I'm like, I don't know, I haven't had words with anyone. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I wouldn't worry about him because he tried to light a firecracker with a cigarette he had in his mouth and it went off and he's now missing an eye and a couple of his fingers. Yes. So, so lighting a firecracker with your face. Yes. Well, he also believed that when he, I guess was getting the fingers operated on and they took his dog that when they gave him his dog back from the pound, he believed they'd put a chip in the dog. And she was telling me, I told him not to try and take any chips out of the dog. They did, I'm sure, put a chip in the dog. They put a chip in most Well, but every he dog. believes that the chip is tracking him, so he wants mm. to excavate the chip out of the dog because they're using the chip to track him. But hopefully he's distracted by the fact that he's missing an eyeball and some fingers because he tried to light a firecracker with a lit cigarette mm-hmm. that was in his mouth. So don't do that, don't PSA. Don't do that. Also, Don't. we've learned that he probably doesn't have a cherry vendetta against you. I would hope not. It would be a lot harder for him to harvest those cherries now, missing a couple fingers. Yes, it would. And also, might. PSA: Don't put fireworks near your genitals, or your or your face, or your eyes. Mm-hmm. But you know, genitals. We got a little sidetracked mm-hmm. with our PSA about genitals and fireworks. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about exploding genitals. Okay. Do you know what May 20th was? Uh, is this a trick question? No. Was it, it your birthday? Was... Did I forget? It's not my birthday. Okay. It's not her birthday. May 20th is? The 20th day of May. It's World B-Day. Of course, World B-Day. That was my third guess. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you a little bit about bees. All right. And some birds? Only bees. Okay. No birds. Save some birds for some other time. But exploding dick. Okay. All right. So here's the thing. Let's let's just talk about bees for a little bit. Bees are actually um, pretty vicious, Mm. right? Okay. Well, they can be if you attack them or they feel threatened. In order for a queen bee to be a bee... There has to be so much death and exploding dick around her. Right. If you ever do any sort of research in regards to environmental things, uh, we have already shown that if you are poor and lower income, you actually live five to seven years shorter. Mm-hmm. The reason you live five to seven years shorter is that the environment that you're in will actually shave time off of your life. If you're in an area with toxins, poor people have water that isn't as clean. They have more environmental toxins happening around them. What you are exposed to completely changes the course of your life. And in the case of bees, when bee larvae start out, they're all the same, all the same. And what changes bees at a certain point is that some of the baby bees are given a special diet. And that's what changes the entire course of their life. Is well, they're, they're fed good. royal jelly, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that, that takes an, an average ordinary bee and makes it a queen bee. Mm-hmm. But they do it for more than one bee. 
they make a whole bunch of potential queen bees. And then when the queen bees are ready to go be a queen, they have to battle it out and they have to kill every other one of their sisters. So is like Bee Thunderdome? Yes. Mm. Yes. What bees really respect is the ability to completely wipe out all of your siblings. That's what I respect too. It's not just bees that do it. I was listening to a documentary the other day, and it was talking about how in Arabic cultures, one of the ways that the sultan, the only way that you could become the sultan is that you had to kill all of your brothers. Mm-hmm. And so the the sultan in charge would have all of his concubines and his wives and his mistresses, and they would all be cranking out kids. And every one of your brothers you knew growing up, every half brother you would then have to kill them in order to get power. And if you did kill them all, you were going to be killed. I would make family get-togethers very awkward knowing very, that at some point we're going to have to. Awkward. One of us is going to have to kill one or the other. Mm-hmm. And they were uh, giving an account of pretty much one of the last times this happened before they changed the laws. And there was a pile of the young boys' bodies outside the palace Hmm. all of the brothers had to be killed and it was like every time the sultan died you needed to decide who was the next one everybody either had to kill or be killed it was ultimate thunderdome and this this man was talking about how he'd just seen the stack of bodies of these young boys that had all been killed by their whoever was the winning brother Mm -hmm. female bees do it the same way like in order for me to be the queen bee I then have to kill every one of my sisters. And if I don't kill all of them, I myself will be part of the stack of dead bee bodies kicked out of the hive. So when you've killed off all of your siblings, it's your turn to shine. So I'm going to say my takeaway from this is for all those people out there who have a hard time talking to their easily grossed out ultra conservative family at Thanksgiving, be thankful that it's just that and not battle royale. Correct. Gender is kind of a, a bit of a fluid thing because you've got queen bees, you got the worker bees, which if they'd been fed a different diet and had killed all of their siblings, they too could be a queen bee, and you have drones. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to see drones. And the reason you're not going to see drones is they only have one job, which is to have sex. Drones cannot even eat on their own. They have one purpose only, and that is to deliver sperm to the queen. After the winning female survivor queen is ready to start her own colony, she has to basically have a giant bee orgy. She flies out and she locates her drones and it's drones from different colonies that are flying around waiting to mate because mm-hmm. they, they only have the one purpose. The only time that the queen bee will ever leave her colony is to go visit the bee fuck cloud. The oh, cloud of... Bee fuck cloud. That's the, yes. that's the scientific term, right? Yes. Okay. And all of the sperm that the queen bee will need for her entire life, she's going to gather in this one day mm. when she goes to this fuck cloud of mm. drones that are ready to lay down some pipe. Okay, so they run a train on the queen, is what you're saying? Yes. So yes. It's, it's like ultimate bee gangbang. Yes. Okay. 
during the mating, which lasts up to five seconds at most, but generally around two. That's pretty, pretty usual in my household as well. <laughs> the drone will hold on to the queen and then he will put his little bee penis inside her sting chamber and then he ejaculates explosively. Okay. How explosively, you might ask? How explosively is this bee ejaculating? You can hear the bee, the, the male drone bee, ejaculating so explosively, there's a pop. And the pop is its dick being popped clean off, and the drone is thrown backwards and paralyzed as its guts come out. Wow. And then... She will do it with up to 15 drones. Each one will have to remove its predecessor's popped-off unit and take it out and put it in for two to five seconds. And then it, too, ejaculates, loses its dick, disembowels itself, and dies. So you know, and I mean, I, I know that they don't have higher thought, but if I had to do this... I mean, thankfully, I reproduce like a human does, and I can do it multiple times. You're compelled to. I don't have to just... go to some person that I'm having sex with, but I go, oh, hold on. Let me just like, <laughs> let me just dig this guy's dick out of you. Yes. Hold on. I'm gonna, yes. I know I'm going to be dying, but uh, yes. extract this and then get it in. And, uh, I see it coming. And she does that, and that one day of that very death-filled gangbang, uh, she has all of the sperm that she needs for the rest of her life. Uh-huh. After the gangbang of death. So if you ever hear some faint popping sounds with some buzzing sounds, you might be hearing the sweet dulcet tones of a high death count bee orgy. Mm, orgy de la morte. <laughs> One thing I learned recently that I wasn't aware of this, uh, octopus mothers. Have you heard what happens with octopus moms? They have baby octopi? They do. Okay. Okay, so they also start going insane just a few days before the babies hatch. They completely stop eating, and they go on what some people call a death spiral. They will start mutilating themselves, throwing themselves against rocks, uh, overly grooming themselves so that they, they start bleeding and also start self-cannibalizing, just eating the tips of their own tentacles. In the couple of days leading up to birth, they just well, lose they, they, they lay the eggs, and they, okay. they watch the brood over them, and they keep acting normally for a little while after the eggs are laid, and they'll eat, and they'll do normal octopusy things. But then about 11 days before the babies hatch, they go insane. And start self-mutilating and don't eat anything. And they are usually dead by the time the babies hatch. They never meet their brood. The babies never meet their mom because she goes out and just tears herself apart prior to them being born. What's the evolutionary advantage? I'm very confused. Like People don't know. One of the hardest things to understand about this whole process is that it's difficult to observe octopi in the wild. So they have observed this with some captured pregnant octopi in labs. 
where this is happening. And they've only recently been able to identify what might be going on with these mother octopi that make them completely self-destruct before the babies are born. Which would be? There is a gland around their eye, which starts pumping out hormones just a few days before the babies are born. Some of the hormones are fairly common, the same hormones that women get when they're ovulating or they become pregnant or before birth, like uh, pregnolone and progesterone. The other thing they start producing is 7-dehydrocholesterol or 7-DHC, which is a highly toxic precursor to cholesterol. And humans make it, but we excrete it from our bodies extremely fast because it is so toxic and poisonous. There is a condition called Smith-Lemmy-Optis syndrome, where infants that are born that can't clear the 7-DHC from their bodies start developing intellectual disabilities, behavioral problems, including self-harm, and physical abnormalities like extra fingers and toes and cleft palates. So this stuff is extremely, extremely toxic. But for some reason, this gland around their eye starts secreting massive amounts of it, causing these mother octopuses to go insane and mutilate and kill themselves prior to the babies being born. I didn't know this. This is most octopus species this happens to. This is one of the reasons why they only live a few years after they're they're born, at least the females, because they'll they'll grow to maturity, they'll mate, they'll lay their eggs, and then they they hit become, some sort of self destruct yeah, button. Yeah, they become suicidal and wow. rip themselves apart before the babies are born. Wow, I had no idea. Like that's, I'm trying to figure out the evolution. Like when a species does that, there's always an evolutionary reason mm -hmm. why. Yeah. I can't I can't see what the reason would be why for the females because then they take themselves out of the reproductive cycle. Mm hmm. Hmm. I can't see the benefit for it. That's got a <laughs> yeah, yeah. normally when we're covering it, it's it's harder for the men. The men are like, I gotta jump away from the spider before mm -hmm. she eats me. I have to have sex with the queen bee and my dick explodes off. But I did not know that female octopi would uh, start self-mutilating and and yeah, I don't know what the evolutionary benefit hmm. of it would be either. Like I said, they just now started realizing what the chemical property that's going on in their body to cause this to happen would be. So I, I have no idea. There might be more research needed for this, but there has to be some reason. Supposedly, there has to be some reason for these women, octopi moms to do that. So thankfully, human mothers out there. You can enjoy your baby. It's humanity would be a completely different species. Uh, think of think of how much people are worried about getting pregnant now and how much you try to avoid it. Right. And I would say that if this happened to women, there would probably be no debate over abortion. They would say, fuck no. I know what's going to happen. I don't want to go crazy, start cutting myself, starving myself, and self-cannibalizing. Abortion legal now. <laughs> uh, and yet still
Mm-hmm. They would just, I mean, you, mm, mm. yeah, don't even get me started with that. I've got a lot of uh, strong thoughts, but I want to not derail this podcast on that. Uh, while we are on the topic of mothers uh-huh. and and uh, the odd things that we do in terms of our sexual cycle from exploding bees to self-cannibalizing octopi, uh, I have one for you. Okay. And this will no doubt speak to you because you have a daughter. Moi? You, yes. I do. We do not know why, just like we were not aware that the female octopi were self-mutilating and cannibalizing and going around the bend. We don't know why all of our daughters everywhere across the world, not specific to any one country, are hitting puberty earlier and earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. Puberty starts on average about a year earlier for girls than it did in the 1970s. Between 1977 and 2013, according to analysis of data from over 30 different countries, the first clinical sign of female puberty, which we count as breast development, has declined an average of three months per decade. So every 10 years, all across the world, people are entering puberty earlier. Uh-huh. And we don't know why. Uh, it's not the pseudoestrogens that are in plastic products or found in soy products or things like that? Because I know that's all the stuff that was been theorized right. Start So yeah, it started in the, in the 1970s. It's not like we had necessarily had a ton of plastic in the 1970s. What we didn't have for sure is that no one was tampering with cow growth hormones in 1979. Mm-hmm. We don't know. There are uh, a number of theories as to what it could be. Yes, that has been theorized. Uh, we are no doubt in the middle of a massive science experiment, and we as the guinea pigs, they are theorizing it's anywhere from environmental influences, the obesity epidemic, because mm-hmm. uh, evidently increased weight causes puberty to hit sooner, mm-hmm. and exposure to endocrine uh, disrupting chemicals. Mm-hmm. We did find that puberty got even more advanced over the two years of the pandemic. Hmm. So uh, one of the theories is that stress, uh, you could say times are a little stressful in between environmental stuff and Uh climate change and economics, but the more stressed that humans get, it appears the quicker we enter puberty. And if we don't have an evolutionary theory as to why female octopi are cannibalizing themselves. Mm But if humans feel stressed, I could see where we would then be accelerating and, and entering puberty quicker. Mm-hmm. Quick, times are a little chaotic. We don't know how it's going to go. You better uh, get pregnant fast. Crank out that next generation. Yeah. Well, this is curious to me because maybe this answers one of my long-held questions is, you're, you're a Stephen King fan. I am. I think he's a criminally underrated author, by the way. Carrie didn't get her first period into well- into high school, which right. always confused me. Like I know some women are just late bloomers, but I think she was like a sophomore, mm-hmm. some of that in high school before she got her period, and she had no idea. I mean, this is going off topic. No, no, I understand. And the I girls do. were throwing tampons at her, plug yeah, it up, yeah, plug, plug it up, plug it up, right? Right. But yeah, that just never made sense. But if women were getting their periods later, later in the seventies, maybe Stephen King was just going off of the data. It could have mm-hmm. been. 
it, it's highly possible. I did not get my first period until I was 14 sliding into 15. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the first people I know that got it. So I do feel that people are entering puberty quicker. So my, my daughter's full puberty. That would have been very early for my generation, but not for hers. So if Stephen King was writing it from his time period, having someone at at 15 mm. getting it is totally plausible. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore these days because we're full of plastics and stress. Mm. So people are entering puberty quicker. I have some more bad news for you. We can we can finish this oh, off on a down note. If if everybody's it's, still with us, you guys all still with us here. This we got exploding dick and Stephen King and suicidal octopi. People are losing more and more sleep. I know oh, that I you have that. you have an issue with the sleep. I do. And I don't do it well. I do many things well. Sleep is not one of them. Do you know what they are blaming for this? Um, monkeys. No, it's not monkeys or monkey pox. It's uh, climate change, of course, because you know, everything's, climate everything's change. going back to climate change. And it's not the fear of climate change that is keeping people awake at night. So I don't know if that's what's keeping you awake at night. It's just worrying about the state of the world and where humanity is going. <laughs> no, no more than usual. Uh, I've had a very bad insomnia my entire life mm -hmm. before climate change really started to be the drumbeat it is now. Why is climate change making us not sleep as well? Okay. Well, it's not eco-anxiety. Okay. Researchers at the University of Copenhagen in Denmark took data from sleep tracking wristbands, which so many people have now. Yep. You're showing me yours. I got mine right here. I track my sleep. And that's why you always show me your disappointed, poor sleep poor, every, every day. You're like, oh, it's, it's so bad. Sleep. It's abysmal. It's true. So they used the data from 48,000 people in 68 different countries between 2015 and 2017. And what they found is that people are losing on average 44 hours of sleep per year because of the warming of the environment. I don't know if you've noticed, but on hot nights, and it's been getting hot around here lately, on yes. hot nights, it's incredibly uh -huh. hard to go to sleep. To sl yes. And yes, you that's true often have worse sleep and you generally wake up earlier when it gets hot earlier in the day. So because of climate change, nights are going to be hotter, people are going to sleep less and they're going to wake up early. And it is theorized that by the end of the century, 44 hours of sleep is going to climb up to 58 hours of sleep lost per year because of the extra heat in the environment. Hmm. Wow, this is a bummer of a now to to be fair, mm -hmm. to be fair, uh I sleep poorly even in the dead of winter. Yeah. But you're right, when it's when it is a warmer night, it's even harder to sleep. It's oh, yeah. already hard. It just gets harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. you have that to look forward to is as Yay! the world gets warmer, you will sleep less and Woo! all evidence shows that reduced sleep leads to riskier behavior, leads to Overeating leads to higher stress hormones, higher cortisol levels, uh, all sorts of things, uh, less uh, self-control, more okay. uh, heart problems. This all checks out. That means that next year I'll be awake whenever that bastard comes to try and steal from my cherry tree for the fourth 
third third year in a row. Next mm. year will be the third year in a row. I'll be awake and stressed, uh, and I will have poor impulse control. I, I vision you like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator, just like covered in mud. And, and disappearing into the foliage, yes. just waiting, yes. like yes. knife in teeth for somebody yes. to show up so you can pounce yeah. on them like pounce. some crazed animal and be like, these be my cherries. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I've done I've done the, I never leave my house ever. I am in my house all of the time. And I, and I realized it could not be at night because they'd have to be there with a flashlight mm-hmm. clutched between their teeth. It has to be very early in the morning. Uh-huh. When there's enough daylight, they can see what they're doing. Uh, I'm thinking they might be a little older and feel entitled to ch- to cherries, but know what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. But as like I, I think that a flashlight dodging in front of my house at two in the morning, a little bit more suspicious than them doing an early morning cherry tree strip off, mm-hmm. which means I'll be having to lay and wait in the bushes at six a.m. Mm-hmm. I believe which, that you will be there with your war paint on. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is actually build out a cage and a trellis around the tree next year. Uh-huh. It's probably easier than lurking in the bushes. Or booby trap it. <laughs> booby trap the tree. They'll never see it coming. So you have one of those little foot nooses that drags them up so that you find them hanging from the tree. You covered uh, my cherries, do you? Yeah. yeah. You and me, we're going to have a long talk. <laughs> uh, well, this is a bit of a bummer of a podcast. So. Yeah. Should we let it there? Let's 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 call it an episode. Do you have any good news for me? Do you have um, anything? I'm I'm all out of news. You, you okay? You promised me some cherries from your tree. I've got lots of cherries. I got a bumper crop of cherries this year. I guess Must it be a nice. Good year for cherries. I wouldn't know. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it, do I have any good news? Um, you know what? I just remembered I have something that's been sitting on my to talk about list for a while now, but I didn't know how to weave it in. Okay. What do you got? I know you don't like guacamole. I loathe it. I know. I know you hate guacamole. Okay. It's just wrong. And avocados. Yeah. Not a fan. Okay. A lot of people like avocados and a lot of people like sure guacamole. And yeah. a study found that if you mention guacamole, in your dating profile, you might increase the attention that your dating profile gets. Guacamole is a is a buzzword. Guacamole is a buzzword. This was from 2018 when they did uh, this research on Zooks, an online dating site, and guacamole connoisseurs hit it big. Those who cite guacamole in their profile received 144 percent more messages than those who don't. Now I don't know who's out there talking about themselves and mentioning guacamole in their dating profiles. I like long walks on the beach and guacamole. <laughs> guacamole. Maybe People avocado toast like, has the same sort of aphrodisiac ability. So I'm out of luck. Yeah, I, I know. I no guacamole on my dating profile. Uh-huh. Just, okay. Yeah, well, you could talk about potatoes. That yields uh, daters 101% more messages. Oh, mentioning potatoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I couldn't do anything with guacamole, but I could mention a potato. Uh, and, and chocolate was uh, only got 100% more messages. But again, who are these people that are just like, oh, by the way, I love potatoes, chocolate, and guacamole. Do you you want to hang would out? Have, you, would not, you would be buried under a deluge of enthusiastic genitals if know. you said 
guacamole, chocolate, and potatoes. Shut up and just... take my genitals, please. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. would need a shovel to excavate yourself I out. I got to start working on this dating profile. It's yeah, just all it's just potato chocolate. Come over to my house from the chocolatey avocado potato toast. <laughs> Who doesn't like some avocado toast with a nice glass of chocolate milk mm-hmm. and a side serving of potatoes? Ladies, now's your chance. All right, ladies, you know how to get a hold of me. <laughs> He will la- lavish you with some guacamole. Yeah. Okay. So there, there you go. There's your high note. We will end it there. Okay. Doesn't help me none because I hate guacamole. So you've given me a high note, which I. But you like potatoes and chocolate. I do. Not, I do two not out of... together, not mixed together, because that just sounds awful. I could totally have some mashed potatoes and some chocolate. That'd be fine. Chocolate mashed potatoes. Sure. That sounds awful. I'm willing to give it a try. Oh, are you disgusted by that? No, no. I just, you, I, you, I, I would try it. Sound it. Awful? I, does it sound disgusting? Just, are you a, getting more conservative on us? I'm getting more conservative mm-hmm. over time as you talk about your chocolate mashed potatoes. Yum, yum, uh, yum. You could reach out to us on our social media. You could tweet. Rain will check the, the, the Twitter and, and let her know if you are going to be a fan of chocolate mashed potatoes yourself. I, I would I say you be, can start a poll. I will be checking the tweets. If you want to throw, throw a poll up, would you okay. eat chocolate mashed potatoes? I'm curious as to. I, I'm challenging you. Go put the poll up on the Twitter. I will, and then we can I report later on if if everybody listening wants to go and take our poll. If you would actually be into chocolate mashed potatoes, <laughs> or if it just sounds hideous. I just had a a very good hot dog, and the hot dog had uh, spinach leaves as opposed to lettuce, mm-hmm. and I had hummus as opposed to mayo. Okay. And no, and no mustard. But I had the spinach leaf hummus, toasted bread, uh, and that sounds, uh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I would not be opposed to some chocolate mashed potatoes. I've never tried it. I like both those things. Who says they couldn't be good together? I will throw up a poll. Thank you all so much for lending us your ear holes and learning about exploding. Be dong and suicidal and octopus mothers. Octopies and uh, the, how powerful guacamole is in your love life. <laughs> but don't use it as lube. Go out there and get yourself some. Yeah. All right. Give him a, give him a jaunty salute and then we're going to get out of here. Okay. Over and out. Thank you so much for joining us. We will catch you next week. Only if you are a Patreon. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait two weeks to hear from us. True. We love you. Stay safe. Enjoy the guacamole. Uh, be grateful you're not an octopi. And uh, have a good night. Bye-bye. <laughs>